Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Don't put them on me. What if he goes in my nose? Up in my ear. Here they come. Here they come. Fern McCann been covered in crickets back in 2015 in I'm a Celebrity. Get me out of here. Uh, I'm joined by the director of the Reptile Zoo, James Hennessy, who's with us on the programme today because the show was to return to our screens this coming weekend. And the lineup of celebrities includes people like, look, pop icon Boy George, Love Island star Olivia Atwood, uh, Mike Tyndall, the former rugby player, Corrie star as well, Sue Cleaver. They're all in the mix. And naturally a huge part of the show's appeal is that very scene, which you just listened to there. These horrible trials that you have to do, where you're often locked in like dark passages or some sort of a cage and you have these creepy crawlies all over you. And... The show, there's still renewed calls now today in 2022 for live animals not to be used in any part of the TV production. They did stop eating live bugs a number of years ago, but people still want the use of live animals to end. James Hennessy from Reptile Zoo is on the line. James, do the bugs or the creepy crawlies or whatever, the crickets, do they have any idea what's going on? Uh, Hey, Andrea. Um... They, well, they're, I mean, when you say even creepy crawlies, call them creepy crawlies isn't the best for them. So it's not great PR for them. I mean, they do to a degree. Um, they don't know that there's other people in there. You know, they're, they're pretty simple, very basic animals. You know, what tends to happen a lot is we tend to anthropomorphize things. So we tend to kind of look at an animal and put our feelings and then give our feelings to that animal, even though that animal, well, is capable of, of having feelings and, you know, and, and being sentient and know what's going on. It doesn't see things the same way we do. You know, so the majority of these animals, they're not, you know, they're not so tuned into what's actually happening as we would be. You know, so they're, they're, you know, we've got to view it a little bit differently. So the calls for the, the use of live animals to end then, is that fair? Um, it depends on the situation. So rather than, I wouldn't say, you know, rather than painting it with one kind of a blanket kind of statement that all of them should be stopped. I mean, the great side to it is that some of the lesser known species get to be, you know, seen by the public people get to kind of understand that there are other animals besides the iconic ones that we see all the time, besides the, you know, the giraffe or the zebra and the lion and so on, that there's many other species out there as well that move in a different way and act differently. You know, so it does raise kind of, it, it brings people a bit closer to nature in a lot of ways. So like to completely take animals out of it, I mean, that, that's gonna, that causes more problems, I think, sometimes. Yeah. I mean, it, it's stopping them from being eaten, definitely. So, so P- PR then for the, the, the lesser well-known uh, animals, but like, is it the kind of PR you'd want for them? There, yeah, I mean that's that's debatable, I suppose. It's um, yeah, I mean when when the animal is portrayed in a negative light, you know. But at the same time, you know, these animals they're not they're not attacking people, you know, they're not they're not. I mean, I think I think that the average viewer is is intelligent enough to see that these animals are pretty relaxed, pretty chilled out. You know, it, it makes people question things more. It makes people kind of look into it a bit more. And to kind of try and maybe even and learn a bit about them, which I think is is, is a positive thing. Uh, Laura Broxton, the founder of the National Animal Rights Association, is uh, is with us here too on the line today. James, uh, Laura, do you think the calls are warranted? Should live animals not be used anymore? 
Absolutely. Animals are not for our entertainment and they shouldn't be used as a novelty factor. I don't know what can be gained by seeing someone put in a vest of cockroaches, for example, or snakes being put in distressing or frightening situations. It's not entertainment. It's 2022. And if people actually want to learn about these animals or insects, they can watch a David Attenborough documentary. It doesn't have to be on cheap, trashy novelty TV. Well, the only thing is, though, I mean, it is for entertainment. And if you're to look at the, the ratings for this programme, I mean, how many years is this show running? There's no sign of people turning this off, Laura. They love it. Well, the RSPCA actually had a campaign, so it's not even just um, animal rights groups. The RSPCA have been calling on them for years to stop using live animals. And according to the RSPCA, 15,000 people complained to Ofcom last, last season about the use of live animals. So there is opposition to it um, and whether people are acknowledging what they're seeing or not as cruel, it is cruel. It's not necessary. And there's other ways to make eat to celebrities without using animals. Yeah, well, there, there, people might have complained and I, I don't doubt that at all, but there's there's more people watching the show than there is complaining about it. Well, that's, that's a, a sad reflection of society if people can't see that this is unnecessary. But if we're to look back on things, I mean, 20 years ago, we'd be having the same arguments about using elephants and tigers in circuses. People move on, society moves on, compassion grows. And I hope soon enough, we will see a ban on the use of live animals in entertainment. And not just animals, insects and vertebrates um, as well. They're sentient. It's not fun for them. It's not a natural environment. And I don't know what can be gained uh, by seeing this on TV. The point that you made, James, about the, the treatment of the animals, and I think the show producers, I was reading about this earlier, they actually work with the long-standing relationship with the RSPCA in England, um, you know, in, in collaboration or in, in producing and making the show. How do you know that the animals aren't distressed? I mean, just, just, just to the normal viewer watching this programme, how can you tell? Yeah, as a, as a normal viewer, it can be quite difficult because, again, you know, if you're looking at it from your perspective as opposed to the animal's perspective, I mean, ideally what should be happening in that situation, and I hope it is happening, is they will be doing welfare assessments. And you can do that kind of with any animal. There, there are gauges and guides that you can use to decide uh, if, you know, you, you, can, you can tell if that animal is not in a position it doesn't want to be in. Um, you know, I mean, obviously we can look at it and say, you know, but sure, that's not where it is in the world and it should be somewhere else. And ideally it should be here. You know, and that's, and ideally it should be in a perfect world, it would. I mean, I mean, as I said, with the, you know, if people want to learn about that, they'll go look. But the unfortunate thing is with the disconnect that people have with nature at the moment is people don't really want to learn. So sometimes you have to, you have to kind of sneak in that education in there in other ways. You know, you have to give that exposure in other ways. And, you know, well, it would be great that if we didn't have to rely on animals within entertainment, you know, fantastic. But unfortunately, you know, people, people aren't going to kind of, you don't learn or know about these animals otherwise. Well, like 15,000 people complaining, <coughs> excuse me, 15,000 people complaining, it's a big number, but in the greater scheme of things, you know, for percentage wise, that's actually quite small, you know, so the majority of people don't or aren't aware as to what's going on. Mark has texted in, Laura, and he says, we're actually in a lot of, in many, many restaurants now, a lot of people actually eat bugs. I mean, this is something that you, you see more and more in menus. It's something that people do. It's hard to have much empathy. Well, that's that's unfortunate. I mean, I'm vegan. Our organization is a vegan perspective, and we want to be seeing less and less animals uh, on any kind of a menu or any kind of re- uh, restaurant. Um, so that's kind of not a, a great point from our perspective. I mean, animals shouldn't be eaten. They shouldn't be used in entertainment. 
they're not us. Uh, they're not there for us to consume, to be, um, you know, a novelty factor for us. So it's all cruel. It all shouldn't be happening. And people need to take a step back and think: Is there another way to be entertained by television? Yes. Is there another item that can be ordered on a menu? Yes. So they need to take these alternatives. Do the animals actually know what's going on? Of course they do. They're, they're sentient, and you know, and whether they have the same sort of capacity to understand the situation as we do or not, you know, that's, that can be debatable uh, in certain species. But yes, they're aware. And would a cockroach or a cricket or a snake like to be in a studio with screaming humans and lights and noise going on? Or would they like to be in their natural habitats? They want to be in their natural habitats. Um, it's not normal. It's not natural. And it's not fair. And we can find other ways to entertain ourselves. Did you not say, James, though, that, uh, like in many cases, that they don't know what's going on, though? I mean, this they is don't, I mean yeah, I mean, it depends. Like, you can say, like, the animal would like to be in. I mean, from uh, some of these animals are very, very basic, and absolutely, they're sentient, and they, they you know, they're aware of their surroundings. They're, they're, most of them are either prey-predator-based, so they're assuming something's either after them or they want to eat something. You know, and if everything within that habitat or environment that they're currently in is is something that they can understand and relate to then as far as they're concerned they're in their natural environment you know they don't they won't kind of see any any deeper into it than that like you know so it's a it's it's one of those things where it's you know it's it's very subjective and, and all animals are different as well you know mm. i mean what what's going on in a cricket's head and what's going on in a snake's head are two very very different things you know so um how we how we kind of I suppose how we perceive it then is, is a totally different thing again. Well, whether it's sad or not, the reality is the show is running for a number of years now. It still has a huge viewer, viewership. There's no problem getting contestants to go into it. And it strikes me, I mean, look, it's not my cup of tea, but it strikes me that the appeal to the programme is the horrible trials that people are made do. So it would appear, Laura, that the animals aren't going anywhere. Well, I would hope that wouldn't be the case. And I would hope that producers and those putting the show together could, you know, use what they have to think of alternatives. There's lots of other dangerous or scary situations that um, the contestants can be put into that can be just as entertaining. There's lots of reality shows out there that don't involve the use of animals. And I think that they just have to be a bit more creative, a bit more compassionate. And people still watch the show. I mean, I think people watch the show because it's celebrities put into different situations and awkward situations that can be done without using animals. Well, I wonder what the listener view on this today is. I mean, the the horrible trials that you see involving animals, is that the attraction? If you're a fan of I'm a Celebrity, get me out of here. Is that part of the attraction to the show? Or if, if, if as Laura, excuse me, suggests, if other sort of kind of dangerous, challenging um, adventures or activities were brought into the programme, would you still be inclined to tune in? 53106 is the number if you want to get in touch with us today. This texter says complaining about the bugs is pure madness. They've no idea what's going on. They're bugs. This is ridiculous. But Susie in Wicklow, though, she says, I think it's absolutely awful. It must be so stressful for the animals when people are screaming around them and jumping around and squishing them. I think it's so unfair, says Susie in Wicklow. Keep the views coming into us. We'll come back to this a little bit later in the programme. But James Hennessy, the director of the Reptile Zoo, and Nora Broxon, the founder of the National Animal Rights Association, thanks for your time here on Lunchtime Live.